These are the Keishi Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. Welcome to the Keishi Tapes podcast. John Hewlett along with... Favaz. Hi. Hey, this is uh, 200 and something. 229. 229th episode. Yeah, how wow. about that? Yeah. Oh, man. And, and we're still going strong. Mm-hmm. We are. Now, this interview is from a guy who is in a gigantically successful band, one of the most successful bands in the history of rock and roll. But there are so many members in this band that a lot of people don't know these individual guys mm-hmm. for, the, for, for the most part because there's no real lead uh, main face in the band other than Peter Cetera, I guess you could say. And he was, was he an original member? No. Yeah, I no, didn't think so. No. Um, He's the only guy I could name. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lee Lofnane, um, uh, Robert Lamb. Robert Lamb's sung a lot of the uh, the well-known songs in the past. Yeah, don't, don't know him. Don't John. know him. Don't know him. And probably the most important guy in the band is a guy who handles the entire horn section and plays the trombone himself, James Pankow. All right, Very we're talking imp- about Chicago, right? right? Yeah, I, I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah, talking about the band Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Pankow. I I have never heard of him. He was born in St. Louis. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he, uh, I think he left as a young child, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have very many memories. Or maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe I think Jack does ask him about that here in this interview. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, here's one of those guys who has been very instrumental in the history of music, and you just don't, just don't know him. Hardly. Don't know. But, it, but it's worth hearing from him. So let's go back to Okay, 19... if you say so, John. <laughs> Mark Close also agrees with me. So, <laughs> And if he agrees with you, then we should. <laughs> uh, this goes back to 1982, and it's another interview that Jack Silver did for a feature he used to do on the weekends here at Casey called The Rock Report, where he'd have rock stars call him during the week, he'd interview them, cut the interview up, and then play music and, and then parts of the interview mm-hmm. as, as a little feature deal. So uh, here we are again. Jack, he's not, this is not live on the air, so he's just talking to him very conversationally yeah. and and uh, the, sometimes it, it gets a little choppy, but that's okay. All right, here we go. Questions that we... Uh... And this is off of a reel-to-reel machine, off a reel-to-reel tape, too. So that adds an interesting dynamic to it. I cleaned the heads before we played the interview, which is Thank another God. important thing. Thank God. Always keep your head clean. Yes. <clears throat> what we're planning on here... Okay, uh, hey, um, uh, I'd like to ask, and excuse my ignorance... Were you an original member of Chicago? Yes, I am. In fact, uh, all of us are original, with the uh, exception of Bill Champlin, who is Bill Terry Cash, who is the original guitar player. And yeah, so at this time, Bill Champlin is now in the band, and he's doing some singing, too. I never because, heard of him, John. Oh, yeah, the Champlin brothers. Uh, save, save for the grace of God. I'm not going to think of it. And, uh, and, and he has a solo career himself. His his uh, vocals are very well known, mostly on the uh, latter hits from mm-hmm. the band Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's replacing here in this group Terry Kath. Does that name ring a bell? Terry Kath. Of no, Chicago? no, but no. Peter no. Cetera is it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry Kath. Interesting story. He he, fantastic guitar player. He's on the on well. Very Mark early Close days. said, "If we got him, then we should do it." Well, he's dead. Oh, okay. So that's All why right. Mark Close well, said he, that he croaked. <laughs> well, and actually, he was he got drunk. He had an alcohol problem, mm-hmm. and he was playing Russian roulette. And guess really? what? He lost. He lost. Wow. He, yeah, and he was instrumental in the very early days of the band. 
Hmm. So they had to replace him. I think that's who Bill Chaplin Why would you do replaced. that? Why would you play Russian roulette? Uh, I don't know. He's, he was so drunk. many people have over the years. Yeah. And I just, I just don't understand. Another reason to hate the Russians. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and uh, we also have a side man by the name of Chris Pinnock on guitar and lead guitar. Okay. Uh, but uh, the nucleus of the band is all original. The same crazy bunch. <laughs> all right. But uh, you were you were born in St. Louis? Give me your St. Louis connection. Uh, I was born in St. Louis in Olivet. And, uh, Olivet. Yeah, that's when Olivet. So probably St. John's Mercy. Yeah, right down the Olivet. St- right down the street here from, huh. from the radio station. See if he says that. Yeah. Both moved to Chicago when I was eight years old. Oh, so eight years old. Well, uh-huh. he might still have some memories. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I grew up in Chicago and met the guys. Uh, the band has its roots in the city of the same name. And uh, there you have it. Bobby was born in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Bobby, that's Robert Lamb he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Sings lead vocals on some of their biggest hits. 25 or 6 to 4, that's Robert Lamb. Did I say I didn't know him? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> moved to Chicago and he was a youngster himself, so... Uh, Basically, all of the all of the boys in the band are uh, Chicago bred. Yeah. But St. Louis, uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we played St. Louis several years ago. Uh, we did. Now this is '82. Remember, okay? Chicago's still huge. Right. They they and, were they were big. Yeah. Uh, the Mississippi River Festival outside of St. Louis. When I, I believe we stayed uh, on the river in St. Louis, and uh, I had the limousine driver take me to my uh, to my folks original house in st louis and i'll tell you i got chills it was a trip to, to, to walk that's neat yeah yeah i wonder wow. if that house is still there huh if it's in olivet it's probably well is. but he was born in olivet that doesn't mean he lived there uh i, I don't know well, he lived there for eight years well he said he was born in olivet oh means yeah. he was born oh. at st john's mercy probably that doesn't mean he lived there does it? I would think you. I would think it would mean that. Yeah, they hmm. lived in that house from zero to eight. Right, but not not necessarily. Not necessarily. In yeah, not necessarily. Okay. On the street, and I, I was knocking on neighbors' doors to see if anybody was still there, and nobody was still there. Hmm. Everybody's gone. It's all uh, in a, an industrial complex now. And, uh, I remember, but my house is still there. My folks' house is still there. The addition my dad put on the house is still there, and. Uh, it was uh, it was a blast in the past. I'll tell you, it gave me chills. All right, uh, that was '82. So the house was there mm. in '82, and mm. it might not still be there now. Could be North St. Louis. Well, a lot, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of famous people were in houses that, you know, were in North St. Louis. So he said many of them weren't there anymore, and now it's an industrial complex. I don't know. I think he meant he lived in Olivet. Mm. Don't you? I, no. No? No. Oh, okay, we'll disagree I don't, on that. I don't think that, John. <laughs> okay. All right. For my own personal, where where in Chicago is the band from? Most, like, I know Sticks is from. We're pretty spread out. Mm. Uh, we're from the north side, the south side, the west side. Who, who's from north side? Like, personally, I grew up at Peterson and Pulaski, which is pretty... Oh, that's right. Jack Silver was from Chicago. He was. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. About as far north as you can get. Yeah, well, I, I'm from... Uh, uh, my folks relocated in a suburb called Park Ridge. Oh, all right. Danny Seraphine. Yeah? No, no? No. <laughs> so everybody's, you know, everybody's kind of spread out. All right. Okay, uh, being an original member, 
um, then this question would be um, very appropriate for you. With the rich heritage that Chicago indeed has, um, does this make a band lackadaisical in any way? Well, uh, okay, let me take you back. Uh, the band's been together 15 years now, and uh, the reason was, uh, one of the reasons we're still together is the fact that uh, there, are, there are no predominant egos in the band. The band has always been a democracy. Uh, anybody who has a beef is allowed to raise his, you know, raise his uh, point and, and be heard. And the fact that uh, everybody has an equal say-so, an equal share in the goings-on of the band is very healthy. Uh, as you know, uh, as you might know, Robert Lamb did a solo project several years ago. Peter Cetera just did a solo album. Hey, and, John. Uh, hey, uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, Peter Cetera. <laughs> yes, yes. Living in the limelight. <laughs> that's that not a, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's a Peter Cetera song. Right, yeah. that's what I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How each other to stretch our legs and uh, to do outside projects as long as the band comes first, which it does. Uh, we've always been uh, we've always been in the uh, in the situation where we put the band first. Chicago is all, is, the, is the big daddy, and as long as the band comes first, everything's cool. Uh, but indeed, there are eight individuals in the band, and uh, if we don't allow growth and individual participation and uh, and evolution, then there there will be a stagnance happening, and we don't want that stagnancy to to uh, interfere with the uh, with the uh, the wheels. And we've always prided ourselves. On, on a democratic society, if you will. We've always uh, enjoyed the, the freedom. Well, he's talking about how it's a democratic society because they're mm-hmm. all voting, they all get equal voting rights mm-hmm. into what the band does. Mm-hmm. But everybody's sharing all the money. That's more of a communism type. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, uh, so he's got two different systems. There has going to be there. somebody in charge, John. Yes. Yeah, Even I, if it's yeah. a democracy, somebody, somebody has to be the president. I didn't you know. say anything about that, but uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, that's what breaks bands up, you yeah. know, writing credits. They do. Who's going to make the money within the band? Paul and Oates right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. being, he, he's suing John Oates for his, uh, you know, he, he wants to sell his share of the stuff of Hall and Oates to a company right now, and wait, he doesn't want him to. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, so so Daryl Hall wants to sell. No, 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 no. John Oates wants to sell. Oh, J- Daryl oh. Hall is suing him and trying to stop him. He, he, oh, boy. That is interesting. And and there's a restraining order that yeah. Daryl Hall got against John Oates. I yeah. wonder what the heck. Because they were, they were touring not too long ago. We're getting off subject here. Yeah. But yeah I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's sad to see. I love Hall and Oates. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, and Daryl Hall, he was the guy who did most of the writing of that that duo. So and I don't he know sung how everyone, much power so, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to be an interesting one to watch for sure. Within the band to do the different projects and the different things that allow the band to grow as a whole, I think that uh, the last uh, the death of Terry Kath, of course, the original guitar player, was a very big, deep personal tragedy, and that that indeed did set us back quite a bit. Uh, after the initial shock passed, we had to sit in the room and who? Decide. Terry Kath. Oh, he's the guy yeah. that played that Russian. lost Russian roulette. Yeah. Okay. If and when we were going to work again, and uh, as it turned out, we we asked ourselves when the next. Jimi Hendrix was in awe of Terry Kath's guitar playing really? skills. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gig was. I think uh, Terry would have wanted it that way, but it was a lot easier said than done. So. Uh, Despite the rumors that the band had broken up and this and that, uh, yeah, it, it got to a point, I think, 
uh, around the time of If You Leave Me Now, which was uh, probably our biggest single in the, in the career. That's uh, Peter Cetera. Yeah. If you leave me, if, yeah. if you lose me, leave me. If yeah, you leave, leave me, me now. Yeah, if you leave me now, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, Chicago was a, a high-energy band a lot of the times with all the horns and everything. But as time went on, they got more and more mellow to the point where they were just, you don't even consider them rock anymore. So, so who, what original members are in the band today? Today, Pankow, uh, Robert Lamb. Those uh, two? I think those, yeah, those two for sure. Um Maybe Lee Loftnane is still in the band. Uh, Don't know him. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's just down to like two or three. Okay. Yeah, but they're coming uh, to St. Louis again here pretty soon, right? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't think know. So yeah, with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, yeah. and yeah. they are so worth seeing because of so many well-known songs that they have. Mm-hmm. But they. They do them all in rapid fire order, and the songs that were five and four minutes long are two and a half. Ah, and I hate that. I know medleys. Yes, it's Ooh. like a constant. You know who medley I saw do medleys first? The the first time I ever who? saw Metallica. Really? Yes, at at uh, at what is now Enterprise Center, uh-huh. but they did medleys, and this was. Back in two thousand nine, oh wow, or eight wow, that or something surprises like that. Me. I, I I was shocked. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked. All right, let's continue. To a point where we, we could uh, go in the studio and make an album, and it, it had turned platinum instantly. And yeah, we did get a little fat and lazy. We did uh, become a little uh, uh, lackadaisical in our as far as our approach to our music, etc., in our audience. And and I think the audience uh, picked up on that maybe. Because you can't fool an audience. You can never fool an audience. You're only as good as your last hit record. And uh, we became complacent in that respect. And I think the fact that uh, we got we disappeared from the picture, the the, uh, the commercial picture for a couple of years, it made us hungry and it was good for us. It caused us to look inward and to uh, reevaluate our goals and our commitments to one another and to our audience and put our noses to the grindstone. We tightened the belt and uh, we went into the studio. We uh, not only... Uh, we left Columbia because the relationship started to uh, tire out and the love affair was over. So we bought our uh, contract out with Columbia and uh, we attained new management. Irving Azoff, frontline management, is one of the... One he's of everywhere. Our, he is everywhere. Irving Azoff. Yeah, and, and you know, he started, I'm pretty sure he started out of the University of Illinois managing... Joe Walsh and Dan Fogelberg, and then Unreal. eventually the the Eagles. Right, and, he managed Sammy for a while. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the great managers of all time, Irving Azoff. And one of the most uh, adept record men in the business, and not only that, but uh, one of the most important features of the time off was finding the talents of Bill Champlin, who is now a permanent member of the band and uh, who has participated on the new album Chicago 16, and uh, who is an incredible writer and singer and instrumentalist as well and his participation in the band has really brought us back full circle and i think it's i i think it's identifiable on the record and uh, on stage as well i think people at six flags whoever comes to the show will see that yeah, six, six flags, flags Chicago do, you remember the, six uh, do you remember the venue's name uh six flags six flags mid-america no, no what was it Old Old Glory, Glory Amphitheater. Amphitheater. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it sat like maybe I don't know, maybe a couple thousand. That that, that was it. To, I, I saw it one was... concert there. I saw Christopher Cross there. Oh, did you really? Yes. Oh, I'd like to see Christopher Cross again, yeah. man. He's still alive. It was it was pouring down rain. 
Oh, no, yeah. I saw two. I saw and, and then the uh, the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, I saw there. I too. might have seen the Doobie Brothers there and maybe Marshall Tucker, but I saw a couple of shows there too. Wow. Yeah, you just sat on the benches there. Yeah. 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 Wooden benches. The band is having more fun now. I like the fact that Jack is letting him just go here. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. just letting him roll. He's more enthusiastic and energetic than we've been in years. And I think that time off and that uh, uh, kind of falling out of the picture really, really helped us. It made us hungry. And I said, we took all that negative energy and put it into positive channels. And now we're back full circle. We've got a hit record. And we've got a new record label, we've got a new guy in the band, new management, and a, and a tour that is doing very well. And it's great to be back, Jack. <laughs> great to be back, Jack. <laughs> you know, when you're listening to interviews, I don't know if it bugs you too, when somebody is about ready to go into a point, make a point... The they sub- get cut off. And they get cut off. And, and the interviewer is like not listening to what they're saying here. Right. And they're about ready to say something possibly very profound. And you jump in there and, right. and destroy the, 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 the possible... Uh, you know, Barbara, gold, you know, Barbara Walter said you have to be a good listener to be a good yeah. interviewer. Yeah. And it's the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, <laughs> within How your capsulize 15 years. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> well, also within that, the, your little couple minute wrap uh, there, you covered every question I was about to ask. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, it's okay. No, I appreciate that. I'll be able to edit out. But I, I was going to hit up on, on the death of Terry. I was going to hit up on uh, any new members. I was going to hit up on. Well, let him talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to Maybe hear... he does. Yeah. Tour. Hmm. Where do we go from here? Well, how about you personally? Again, excuse my ignorance, but your instrument is? I play the trombone, and I've written a lot of the material. I wrote Color My World and Just You and Me and Make Me Smile. Color My World. Color My World. Now, I know that song. I know that song. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was the number one slow dance song when I was in high school. Really? Yeah. I'm feeling stronger every day and alive again. I've been searching so long and blah, 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 blah. I wrote Bobby Lamb and myself wrote most of the material in the old days. Another evolution that has taken place within the band is is uh, a creative flow that has spread to other members of the band. Uh, Danny Seraph and the drummer is now writing material. Peter has become a prolific writer in the recent recent years. Uh, if You Leave Me Now is his song. Baby, what a big surprise is his song. Hard to say. Baby, what a big surprise. I, I don't know that song. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah. Sorry, the new single is his song, uh, <laughs> co-written with David Foster. And, uh, now- David Foster, there's another guy whose name is, to this day, his name is still prominent in the music business. I think he's, who's he involved with now? Some well-known female singer. I don't know, John. Is it T- Taylor Swift, maybe? No, David uh, Foster. I- is he a producer? Uh, no, he's a musician. He's, he's a, a, he's a, um, yeah, he's a producer. He's, yeah. I don't he, know. Yeah, he, I, know. I remember he, he got, uh, he got, he got hit by a car. Uh, Let me look almost, him up. Almost died. David okay. Foster. I'm telling you, man, that guy is also huge in the music business. Now that I've touched upon that name, I, I, I must uh, get into that a little. David Foster, who produced Chicago 16 and who co-wrote a majority of the material on the album, has really been a big influence. Uh, I forgot to mention his name. And as far as that two years off, uh, that was a big step and a big, uh, a, a very important plus as far as the uh, success of this new album what 
16 Grammy Awards this yes, guy has. He's 74 years old. He's Canadian, and he, he does it all. He's a musician, composer, arranger, record producer, and music executive. Yes, and wow. to this day, he's if you look further, he's somebody. he's helping somebody else right now, somebody who's huge. He's still very, oh, very... Catherine McPhee. That, that's who... She was on uh, American Idol. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, that's who yeah. That's who it was. The same thing about him getting That's hit by- where he married her. He married her in 2019. Oh, wow. Wow, she's a lot younger than him. <laughs> Holy Way God. younger. <laughs> and she's, she was good looking. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Same thing about, his, about getting hit by a car. Uh, or maybe I'll, he hit somebody. Maybe he w- yeah, he could have been driving drunk and he hit somebody. He's had three wives. Um, maybe that's one of them. No. Where he was driving on the Pacific Coast Highway yes. when his car struck actor and dancer yes. Ben Vereen. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Who had just suffered a stroke while driving near his Malibu home and was stumbling on the highway. Yeah. Vereen was critically injured but recovered after going through physical rehabilitation. Vereen said afterward that he would have died if Foster had not collided with him and then called for emergency services. I'll be that. Wow. See, I knew it was a car accident. I didn't. Wow. I forgot about the whole Ben Vereen accident. Aspect of it. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, David and his partner, Humberto Gatiga, his engineer, have, were an integral part of, uh, of the energy and the enthusiasm embodied in Chicago 16. Uh, David is an incredibly talented guy. He's a, uh, he's a great songwriter and a, an incredible instrumentalist. Uh, and his input on this record has really done something to the band. It's given us a new life. And one of the one of the neatest things about the relationship with David is the fact that he's always been a fan of the band. He uh, he learned how to play trombone just to play the play the horn ensemble and make me smile. And he's not a, a trombone player, so make me smile. Great song. He likes the women too. Um, you know, he married Catherine McPhee in in June of 2018. He became engaged to her. They have a son. That was born in February of 2021, so he was 72 years old. Wow. <laughs> wow. Still making music <laughs> in more ways than one. That, that coming from a, a musician of his stature, that's the ultimate compliment. And the fact that he, he was is excited to uh, produce this album as we were to have him produce it really made for a great marriage. And uh, we're already looking at Chicago 17 with the man and... Uh, the guy really had a great influence over the band. What he did is uh, he became the mediator in this project. Uh, as, as we mentioned, the band had become complacent and stale as, from a compositional standpoint. David came in and uh, gave us a, uh, a creative kick in the butt, you might say, and caused us to, to look inward and really examine and, and research the material that was to go on this record. And the fact that we had the luxury of time, we had that year and a half off to spend in the studio and in pre-production, really, uh, it really counted as far as the result and uh, the grooves on this record. And uh, David will hopefully be a part of uh, several, um, as many projects as we can get him for in the future. So hopefully we're off to the the right start again, and it's great to be on the comeback trail. Uh, The band has never wanted to stop working, but... uh, through, through uh, various channels and this and that, you know, things get started and rumors get going, and uh, we're out to disprove all of that stuff. All right. So, well, let, let's hit up on the fact that, you know, you, your revitalized interests or what have you do lead uh, a person to ask, um, 
the, the question, you are having fun, and uh, that's important. Tell me, you know, what's been going on on the road? Uh, any uh, wild, are there still wild parties, uh, well, per se? You, uh, that's another thing. Uh, the band is, you know, I think we've grown up as people. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll be kids all our life, of course. I mean, this, there's no greater therapy than, than rock and roll. I mean, it, it keeps you vital. And uh, we, we went through a, a period where we were kidding ourselves. We were, you know, we were... Uh, doing things, uh, we were doing chemicals and, you know, and booze and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, we were, we were trying to convince ourselves that we were, that we were having a great time, but, uh, I guess in our, in the midst of our complacency, you know, we, we were only kidding ourselves, and it got to the point, you know, again, just two years off, I mean, it was a sabbatical, you know, it really, it taught us the importance of our career and, and the great importance of our obligation to our audience. Uh, you can't fool the fans, and it got to a point where, where we decided that, that there's no greater high than the music itself. And now that we're on the road, uh, we're 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 working harder because we're doing smaller venues now, generally, and we're we're doing yeah, like uh, Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look back at it now, and it was you, you, these bands, not these great bands from the late '60s and '70s. They all had that lull either in the 80s yeah. or 90s. Yeah. After a while, people just kind of get tired of the sound. Mm-hmm. And Chicago, since they were around so long, they go back to like 68. Yeah. Uh, by by early 80s, people were are pretty tired, tired of, of their sound. Yeah. And then and almost all of them, as we got into the 2000s, uh, had this resurgence. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, like today, they're, they're busier today. They're doing more live shows today than they did back in the 60s and yeah, 70s. I, I think so. Because the demand is by so far. huge. Yeah. Three shows in a smaller place rather than one show in a big toilet, as we call it, Coliseum, what have you. And uh, it's it's causing us to work harder and and uh, and play more shows than we normally would. You know, we're not learjetting here and learjetting there. We're tightening the belt, but but it's good for us because because we taught ourselves a very important lesson. We taught ourselves the fact that uh, uh, rock and roll groups uh, are are not long lived. I mean, uh, rock and roll groups come and go like temples. Longevity is not achieved regularly in this business and especially now in the context of a very unstable economy we have to uh, really treat this as a business and uh, record companies are not as willing uh, to to put their their neck out on a limb for for just any old group and uh, the fans as well are not are not in a position where they can go to as many concerts as they want to go to or buy as many records as they want to buy they're saving their money for that one concert that one album because food and gas are too expensive these days, you know, and jobs are scarce. So. Were, were food and gas ever not expensive, John? It's all relative. It all just keeps, as time goes on, there's always inflation, you know, there's, always. Uh, always has been. And sometimes people, you don't even notice it and it was happening, you know, for a lot of years there. It kept happening. We just didn't notice it. It was yeah. growing at supposedly at a slower rate. Mm. Now, coming out of the pandemic, yes, we had this gigantic increase, but it's coming down and it's slowing. And, and I think we're going to get back to where we were because mm. there's too much competition in our economy, in this yeah. U.S. economy, to not have right. a, a correction of something like inflation anymore, right. you know, I think anyway. Ooh. Got off to some economics there. <laughs> in the midst of an economy that is affecting our business as well, we feel a uh, an obligation to ourselves to uh, treat this as a business. Uh, we still have a great time on the road. Don't get me wrong; it's been 18 months since we've been on the road, so we're really, really enjoying this. But uh, we're also uh, 
treating it uh, as business, as a business, and uh, level-headed and in a mature way, as as we didn't in the past. Uh, we used to spend money. Money used to, you know, we spent it like it was going out of style, like we do on trees. You know, I mean, we used to blow it. I mean, uh, we were big shots. Oh, and that's so true. I mean, all of them back in the '70s. Record companies were just throwing money at these yep. guys, and they were going out spending it crazy, like crazy. And some of them realized, uh-oh, they're charging us for this. We're actually paying for all this, this yeah. spending that we're doing. Wow. Yeah. So they, it's made uh, unreal. Yeah. But we grew up, and we decided that uh, life is too short, and this career is too important, and it's not going to last forever. So we better get our, our shit together and and do it the right way. So we're back. And uh, we're glad to be back, and we're, we're treating our career accordingly. And uh, we're having a great time. But instead of staying in the bar all night, I go out and I play tennis, you know, or I run, or I, uh, or I whatever. Uh, but it's a healthy diversion rather than an unhealthy one, you know. So, I mean, I don't want to disillusion people, but uh, life is precious. And if you don't treat it that way, you're a fool. All right. Mm. Words to live. Yeah, Jack. Because of the death. <laughs> Of Terry Cass, well, that too, who yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Read up on him, though. Yeah, yeah. Bye from James Pankow. Oh, no preacher. I just been there, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I tell you, we are rolling. Oh, that's it. We're done. Hi, this is James Pankow of Chicago, Damn and we're cool. really looking forward to seeing everyone at Six Flags tomorrow night. <laughs> that sounds weird. And oh, the Screaming Eagle was it? Yeah, yeah, the Blues Park, yeah. yeah, and ride the Screaming Eagle. <laughs> and the Screaming Eagle, I think, goes right past the old Glory Amphitheater. So it does. Right in the middle of one of their ballads. <laughs> All right, and if we can get the one that would say tonight. Looking forward to seeing you there tonight. Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago, and... Uh on behalf of all the guys in the group, we're looking forward to seeing every everybody. Let me do this one again. All right. Take two. Of tonight. Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago. On behalf of all the guys in the group, we're looking forward to seeing everyone, each and all, at Six Flags tonight. All right. Okay, go. What's this? Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago. And remember, everybody, get those good-looking KC bumper stickers on your car because, as you know, KC95 is your license. Casey. License to rock. To rock and roll. Rock and roll. Yeah, All right, I'm going to Yes, sir. Oh. Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago. And remember, everybody, get those good-looking KC95 bumper stickers. Because oh, he said Casey the first time. <laughs> oh, he just corrected Jack him. noticed like, that. Hey, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> on your car right away because KC95 is your license to rock and roll. There you go. Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago, and you're in tune to the best of rock, KC95. These are slogans that Shelley Grafman would come up with sitting in his office, you know. And, oh, I got another one. How about this? One more time, and if you can just spunk it up a little bit, a little, little more excited. Yeah, spunk it up. Yeah, here's Jack again. Yeah, yeah. Yelling we, at rock We needed that. We... <laughs> We have that in every interview he's ever done. Yeah, he yells at the artist. Yeah. But I'd appreciate it. Hi, this is James Panko of Chicago, and you're in tune to the best of rock, KC95. All right, hopefully that's it. That's I think all. it is. That's it. I think right. it is. All right, there you go, James. But is it Panko or Panko? Panko, Panko. Yeah, Panko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you spell I've, that, I've, I've heard it both ways. P-A-N-K-O-W. Oh, yeah, I can see why you would say pan cow. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, I've heard it said both ways, but do you hear him say it the right way? I guess that's 
That's all you need. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm John Ulet or <laughs> Ulet. Uh, you hear both ways. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Johnny Hewlett. And then, of course, Threads is tied into that. I'm Johnny Hewlett there as well and on Facebook and all the others. Casey Guy, follow me. Yeah. Follow AMF. Me. Bye. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.